0: So, hi, Andro. Last name is Michali. Is it pronounced right?
1: Uh, yes, it is. It has two pronunciations one is mine and one is Hungarian, but I'm not yeah. a Hungarian person, so, so I it in my language. And, and it's correct what, what you said, is how I say it.
0: Uh, how you say it? Uh, I say Mihali. Mihali, okay. Andro, Michali. Mihali. Uh, do you yes. remember when you were there last time at AHAX FM? I think it was like three years ago. Yeah, 2019, almost. Yeah. February February of 2019, episode 26 with the title Productive Clouds to Zero with Serverless Jakarta EE.
1: I thought it was a longer time ago because then the COVID came. I thought it was before COVID, long before COVID. (laughs) It was just before. And yeah, it was actually um, COVID came in 2020, right?
0: yes, I think so. Three years. Yes. It's almost three years. So, and you listened to the episode 151 about modularization with professor Matthias Zurich, and you've wrote on Twitter, uh, you don't agree because uh, even if you write hello world applications, you always have at least one JPMS module and you highly, <laughs> and you highly advise, you know, everyone learning Java starting with module first, right? <laughs> this was your, your direct feedback. Uh, not, not really.
2: The,
0: the thing is, uh, in my experience,
1: modules are needed; they mm-hmm. have a, their use case, but I haven't seen any any re, any tool that would make them easy to use so yeah. i i used uh, I used OSGI for my diploma thesis a long time ago, and I found it uh, quite interesting because it was possible to really implement two things in the application and then deploy one of them in one environment deploy another one in another environment but code them together in one project
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, at that time i used it to to build a ui
2: mm-hmm.
1: in eclipse mm-hmm. eclipse swt i think and they had an implementation in javascript too with mm-hmm. the same or more or less the same api so i used osgi as an example how to create a modular application that can be deployed can have basically two distributions the same source code and one of the distribution the the module that implemented the same api same packages uh but produced as wt ui so standard desktop ui
2: mm-hmm. and
1: you could replace them to get a web application basically uh, with javascript based ui just replacing the modules without rebuilding anything rewiring things
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that was interesting and it was also OSGI supported something like inheritance and extension points so you could uh, you could add more things into the application without rebuilding it but that was a toy project for for diploma thesis uh, to just explore Uh what's possible and how to build applications that adapt to different environments Uh but later yeah i I found out that osgi is not so easy to use because you have to learn a lot of xml and Wire stuff together, and, and although there were tools to to build this XML, it was not straightforward.
0: And there were some um, issues with me. class class loading as well. What I have to, uh, to say, I reviewed a lot of OSGI projects, but uh, what they o- always did, they cheated. So, in one point of time, they started, you know, to expose everything. I think it's called to friend class load or something like this. So, like like a common common space where all the modules can pick the classes. So, okay, if you started with it, then forget mm-hmm. about modules because, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I see. I see. Uh, that that's one of the complicated things that I really didn't need in the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could run the application on the flat class part. I just wanted to benefit uh, the modules uh during build time. So to basically just assemble application from different modules and then just run it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now needs to replace modules uh, on the fly. It was an interesting feature. If it worked, okay and I switched the connection. I think we can go on.
0: Yeah. So what you said, you were not interested in uh, the hot replacement, hot replacing modules. You were more interested in uh, build time optimizations, right? Yes, and the modularity during build time and also development time.
1: So it's also good to separate some parts of the the code base to different modules. Uh, And that's what I really is an issue in later projects in Java. Because in Java, you basically have a flat class path. Mm -hmm. Everything that is public is accessible from any other package. Mm -hmm. And we started using Maven to kind of modularize uh, our applications. But I quickly found out that it doesn't separate all the the classes. So if you
0: put all the modules together into one web application. So you found out that um, Maven, does not help you with class separation, right? Yes. And uh, it's not so obvious,
1: because I, I, at that time, I thought that Maven just separates code. So it separates also. It's, it separates the code, which is written as a source code. And somehow, I, I thought that it also separates the, uh, the the modules, the binaries themselves. But it wasn't natural, because <laughs> I don't know why I thought that because we were linking modules together, some modules depending on some APIs and other other modules. I just somehow assumed that we will use only the APIs that should be used. Mm
2: -hmm. Like
1: uh, the the boundaries, that according to your Mm -hmm. uh, pattern, only the classes and boundaries. Mm -hmm. But uh, at that time, we didn't use the BCE pattern. Mm -hmm. If we did, it was possible to to also use uh, classes in control and entities, Mm -hmm. the other modules. Nothing prevented us. us. And I saw issues with that because we had one big uh, diff or distinction between frontend and Mm backend. And frontend basically didn't use transactions and only was uh, used to build the UI. Mm -hmm. Backend was transactional using EJVs uh, and uh, should access entities. But then some colleagues started this, uh, using, using the code in, from, with, that was only intended to backend in front-end, because they didn't realize it's only for backend. It was possible perfectly easy to to import it into front-end classes because it was on the class path. And then the code uh, somehow lo- lost its form and, and structure, because we started to do things that should have been in transactional, should have been on backend. We started to do them in front end and it was a mess.
0: Yeah, then I assumed it was a GSF project, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. So what we used back then in GSF projects, we we had two packages, presentation and business. These were the like you know, the top level packages and within the business package we had the PC structure and within the presentation package we had a different BCE structure. So it was fairly easy to see, you know, how presentation accesses the business. But uh, I see the issue in JSF, but even then, I would say, then I would have two modules, presentation and business, and no more.
1: Yeah, possibly. But if you want to separate some logic within two, into two different modules, and mm-hmm. also if you want to uh, introduce, uh, I said said, uh, law coupling between modules. Ah, okay. so only mm-hmm. the, the boundaries are accessed from other modules. You can only agree on some packages or some pattern, like you pre- you promote uh, the b c. pattern so that uh-huh. only boundary classes are uh, could be used outside of the module, uh-huh. but you can't enforce it. You would have to use some some code enforcer uh-huh. like maven plugin that scans the code and analyzes uh-huh. the packages and imports, but its it's not supported by Java or any
0: simple to use module system uh-huh. but actually, my b. c. pattern is more permissive than, than than you are saying, so what what I am allowing is. A boundary from one package could actually access control from other package. Uh, I mean, it is not nice, but uh, I wouldn't see it as a defect. A boundary from one module, if it accesses the boundary from other module, then it's a little bit suspect because it looks like API calls API. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's also strange. And boundary from one module... If possible, if possible, should not access directly entity from other module or packages or components. And control from one module can call control from other module. But if this, uh, if this relation becomes more and more tight, um, maybe uh, it's time you know to promote some logic from the one control to a boundary. So this is the the idea behind. And um, what 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 I'm believing more than strict modularization is. Having a nice small team with uh, nice developers, <laughs> and uh, then just be productive. Skip all the patterns, you know. Just think in business. Implement the packages, and uh, and uh, and uh, go to speed. Just you know, deliver the application. But uh, the modularization happens uh, on higher level. So if you would like to be completely decoupled. So what I would do, I would just create a ship another war. So I would have jars of wars, uh, which are the actual modules, and within the war or jar, you could actually do whatever you like. So I would be less strict. That's also possible, although it goes against the
1: the path we, we chose. We we started with an ER and WAR inside it and other dependencies outside yep. of the war package in the ER. And we wanted to simplify into one single war, if we had two wars, the the deployment would be more complicated, and we would probably have to have to go back to ER, which contains several yeah. wars which project was
0: like, it? is interesting that you are still working on such projects no
1: i'm I'm not working on this anymore it's a, a history it okay what was, was it like, roughly
0: uh, what 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 did it is it banking uh, it, it was in in
1: an insurance company uh, okay. Basically, uh, it was an internal project, so not accessible to customers, but it aggregated data about customers, about uh, uh, the, the contracts with them uh, across multiple countries, uh, across multiple products. So so the business uh, uh, people could, for example, compare which which companies are valuable for, for the, the financial institution, which mm-hmm. provides a lot of uh, contracts with a lot of value. And also have relationships between mother and sister companies in different countries, okay. well, to, to allow them to to understand where how how should they treat basically mm-hmm. customers if they are big, what they can offer to them. For example, if they have uh, insurance for a car fleet, mm-hmm. but they don't have insurance for for property, then they could uh, offer them uh, these other other products. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, interesting. So, um, what I actually I lost faith in o s g i and j. p m s on server side if you don't have j s f because usually you have you know the juxores endpoint and uh and yes. what what usually happens i have let's say on average two to let's say ten top level packages or business components or modules whatever you call it with uh, maybe per module or per boundary one to three two juxs resources and this is already larger one so you would get you know mm-hmm. Uh, at least, I would say, two to ten or twenty endpoints, and this would be, let's call it, a service or microservice or whatever you like, and this would be a war. And the other wars then are absolutely forced to use the boundary, so there is no technical way to access you know yes. the controls or entities directly. And um, uh, the other day, I, I, I we had, a, I was in the architecture workshop, um, and actually yesterday. And they there was a small team of highly motivated developers. I know them for years, and uh, they delivered actually a great, a great application, a great microservice uh, application. But they I forgot they had uh, roughly ten to fifteen microservices, and uh, but there was actually pointless to have that many microservices. So we chatted. You know, what is your release plan? Are you a- ever able to you know redeploy a single microservice? What's the benefit? Why you're doing this? And what we decided is to uh to uh merge some microservices to larger monolith and uh and let them even communicate. So there was the question should we use Kafka or not? And say, so, okay, what if no, this is complete anti patent, but I'm sure it will work in this project. Even you know, use tables for communication is way simple. So we, we have some database tables and all the microservices could access these tables. And I mean, mm-hmm. this is anti-patent, but I'm sure it will work in your context. And mm-hmm. um, so, but if you look at the inside, you know, the uh, logical modularization, it's beautiful. So what I did, you know, the, the package structure is, uh, is uh, the packages are named after business responsibilities. It is a very clear structure. And I would say this project is highly modular. But if you would look with a tool on it, you will find, you know, a view wars or jars with, uh, you could even, you know, say this is a monolith. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting story. So this is what I see. We need less and less uh, modularization or packaging on, uh, and on, on the physical, you know, layer. Like you don't need mainly OSGI framework, uh, except you are building something like Payara. So, if you're building a platform like a Payara server, I think this is a complete different story because it is harder, you know, to ship Payara as uh, 20 independent services, uh, which are uh, uh, 20 processes, you know. So, I'm, I mean, if you're building a platform like, you know, let's say application server, uh, CMS system, operating system, something like this, th- this is a complete different story. Then I think OSGI or JPMs uh, provide incredible value. Because uh, yeah, the, um, the 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 code base is larger, and you don't have you know the process isolation.
1: Uh, yes, to some extent, it's it's true. From like in real life, it's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> even even with Pyra, sometimes I don't see the value of OSGI because it has to be adopted by every developer, and if developers don't think in modular ways, they can. Either shoot themselves in the foot uh, with, with OSGI or just avoid using it or some use some workarounds like export all the all the packages yeah. and then <laughs> it doesn't really make make sense to have a module It's only it's logically the classes but uh, the, all the classes are visible to other modules. Uh, so so it needs to be carefully thought about and if if the developers don't know how to use modules, then it's maybe even Less productive to use them, even in, with Pyra or application service. Uh, but where, where I see module, modularity, how I how I would like it to be, is useful not only in application servers, but in any uh, multi-purpose library. Because yeah. a, lot, a lot of libraries provide public APIs, but they also have internal classes, yeah, and this is also true for application servers. Uh, for example, bundles Jersey or, or welds from many components which provide Jakarta API. Mm-hmm. They also provide their own public API and they also provide or include, uh, include uh, the non private API, which is still public because it's public classes. So, application can depend on these and can use them. And then I, I saw customers of uh, PIR. Uh, previously using glassfish and they relied on some uh, proprietary features of jersey or other components and then jersey got upgraded and newer version of pyra and and they couldn't use this feature or they had conflicts because they still had to use, bundle jersey 1 in their application but there was jersey 2 present in in pyra so they had to use some class uh, isolation features to, to get this working uh-huh. and if there was an option to really isolate on like public classes, which are not meant to be public outside of the application server or outside of the library, then we wouldn't have these conflicts in applications.
0: You are absolutely you know? right. So I'm with you. So whatever I say, public you're on my YouTube channel, whatever, it usually applies to projects. A project, I mean, how to call it, you know, uh, business projects. So we get hired to use, you know, Payara, Quarkus, or whatever, to deliver uh, a a applications to clients, and this is where my BCE ideas and and so forth came from. And you uh, you are absolutely right. So a library, I see a lot of issues. For instance, um, what happened? Uh, I don't know actually why. Lots of developers uh, for in w- lots of projects they use, for instance, the how it's called the resource config, the internal Jersey mm-hmm. resource config classes. Um, instead of the Jacksorez, so no, there's actually no added value. They somehow they use that I don't know for unknown reasons, and the problem is they started with it in Glassfish, and this as was San Jersey, I think you know namespace, and uh, and then the Ress, uh sorry, uh, Orc. It's called Ork, uh, the, the, the recent one, the Jersey, the Don't Come with uh, ComSan. I think it's, it's on the
1: Glassfish. Yeah, or but it's all
0: Glassfish, glassfish something. Uh, something. So the, the namespace okay. changed, but uh, it was actually a bad idea in the first place to use this internal Jersey or Eclipse Link implementation in the first place. So you have said to write, this thing should be hidden from the developers, you know, because it will be easier. Because uh, uh, what I did, they included one library, uh, I forgot what, and, and they just used internal uh, Payara libraries without any reasons. I asked them why, and no one knew the answer. So they had to find, I don't know, a tutorial or, or source code or whatever. And uh, this was absolutely unnecessary and um if you would like to upgrade from old glassfish to new Spiara, you have to think about that for instance right and this would prevent some issues and yeah. and um and, and and even you know uh, jsonb recently i wanted to use jsonb and uh some libraries you know ship uh provide the api and the implementations the others uh you have to include the api and the spi so it would be somehow nicer uh to 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 have a clear separation between the API and impl, but having said that, for me, it would be a lot easier as application developer, you know, just to pull the impl, and I would expect that the API comes with the impl. So for me, it is better to include one Maven module instead of two, but uh, this is just convenience.
1: Yes, but even for implementations, there are classes that you don't want to... Exposed to yeah. your users because you don't know, know if you will change them. Yeah. And you don't want your users to, to break their applications if if you change just a minor version of your library.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So at that time, I saw a lot of people abusing uh, the the classes that were not intended for for public use, uh-huh. and they used it because they were just available. I saw that with with uh, one of our customers. They, Fortunately, they are our customers. So then, finally, they came back to us, and we provided them a, a better option. But first, they they tried to use an internal class in Pyr Server, uh, because uh, the way how we expose it using the API wasn't enough for them. They needed to do something something more dynamic. At first, just uh, relied on the on the class, and and it was not even available for compilation, so they used reflection to get that class from the class path and use it but this was only research fortunately they didn't go into what they did with the class with this.
0: which class was it I'm they, just... they
1: it was for or uh, if, if the customer listens oh, <laughs> <yeah>. oh, <no. laughs> uh, uh, but uh, it was one of the I won't be in the, the detail but it was one of the internal API's that we provide uh, around security okay Mm-hmm. And we provide the, uh, the functionality using, basically, annotations. Mm-hmm. put annotations uh, and then you, you configure the security and, and uh And okay. uh, they wanted to have different providers, so they had to have various configurations depending on some, some, some context, and this wasn't possible with the annotation. It was just configured okay. once. Uh, so they wanted to instantiate the implementation a couple of times.
0: Yeah.
1: It has an authentication mechanism.
0: So let's, uh, let's uh, uh, JPMS, for instance, Java Platform Module System, um, or Jigsaw, to what the earlier. So I think um, I, I, I wanted to use that a couple of times, but not in microservice space or in my usual no, uh, projects, rather than uh, I built a couple of uh, command line interface tools with Java. And uh, if you build such a tools, you could actually have like a plug-in system where you say, okay, I implemented you know one CLI tool and then have different modules which provide different functionality. For such a thing, JPMS is actually great. Before I invent something by myself, I could use that. The other example was a great example, and I forgot the name of the guy, but uh, he won a Duke Choice Award, uh, and they created with NetBeans uh, and an satellite tracking system and uh, mm-hmm. this one of the uh, NetBeans, uh, how is called Dream Team, I think, and um, and, uh, and 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 uh, the the conversation was a Java one. Like he said, okay, they use heavily, you know, NetBeans module system, and I say, okay, why why you need a NetBeans modules in you know in usual in in visual in I mean in an app, and I said, okay, uh, what they do, they get you know the satellite da- data, the signals, and they are processing them. And the processors or the plugins are implemented by external parties. So they can easily plug in the, the, the external functionality. Such a thing which now with JPMS would be a great success story. Because you could have, you know, have you say, okay, this is our interface. Implement this. And then we plug your functionality to our system. So something like a Photoshop, you know, an extensible system, Visual Studio Code or something. This will be hugely benefit from, from plugins. This is, I mean, the natural way to go. But this is what usually not happens in business projects. So in, in, in I would say this is a very, very exceptional use case that you have such requirements.
1: Yes, I, I agree that modules make more sense if you have different teams working together so that you can really establish a contract between with codes. Uh, and in modular applications like NetBeans or Eclipse, when, where other people can write plugins and, and expect that things will work if they use the public API,
2: uh-huh.
1: uh, if everything is on a flat class path, then you still can get the, these issues that uh, the plugin creators would, could, could use some classes that are intended for internal use, and then the plugin will break with a new uh-huh. version. So so it's good to have separated uh, modules and the API, and the rest not even visible or not even accessible. And I like that JPMS enforces this. So so it's not only only, uh, available during compile time, but even using reflection until you you create some uh, uh, exceptions. Uh, you can't access the classes in other modules, which yeah. are not intended to be. was
0: a huge benefit of JPMS over OSGI because for OSGI, it was more or less a let's say a class loader trick, but JPMS a far deeper integration.
1: Yes, that, that that's much better than OSGI. What is, what is still missing in JPMS is uh, versioning, which OSGI provides. So mm-hmm. you mix in with OSGI, you can mix two different modules uh, diff- or, which provide the same API but different versions. And you can wire them with two other, other modules, which JPMs doesn't provide now. If one module exports one package, there can be a, only one module that does that.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, another thing is what what I, uh, I I like JPMs, but what I don't like about it, uh, it's invented so like lots of new stuff, like module paths. Uh-huh. We already have class path, and they introduced module use module, module paths, and I still. Don't get why we need to have this separate module path. Uh, why it can't be just on the class path, and the JVM will just scan the, the class path and, and create modules out of the class path. Uh, maybe they—it's—it's uh, it's, uh, because of backwards compatibility. I don't know, but it, it certainly complicates things.
0: I think so. Uh, did, did they wanted to, to 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 have a class path behave like like it behaves and they wanted to experiment with something new and you know the module path was the obvious obvious choice. So actually are you using right now the BCE pattern inside Pyara development or not at all? So the naming? Uh,
1: I don't think so. Uh Like uh, in, in Pyara every module is on its own. I, I don't even think that there's much to put into entity because there's yeah, exactly. much date. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: yeah, Uh And yeah, I think the packages roughly separate the boundaries and, and controls, but I don't think that
0: we talk about it. And uh, what are you doing now at Pyara? So, what's what's your task? If you can talk about, so what's the new exciting uh, stuff you are working on?
1: <laughs> what I'm working on is uh, yeah, I, I was uh, involved for a couple of months. I was involved in in these security extensions. Uh, mm-hmm. That we add for for Open ID for oauth They are basically just extensions on the top of the, the standard security mm-hmm. API.
0: And uh, Payara some... for for um, so what's the story? So uh, there are some mand- mandatory JSON Web Token scopes in MicroProfile, and Payara was very strict about that. So if they were not available, Payara just you know ignored them uh, or ignored the JSON Web Token. So uh, is it now? Configurable, you know that? So, can I say no, even the mandatory JSON web tokens are not um, that mandatory anymore?
1: Not sure about that. I think we, we improved that, but there are still some issues. I remember that we had a, a question from, from a customer about ADFS, which is Active Directory Federation Service, I think, for Microsoft, which is, should, should be an OpenID Connect provider. But this is about providing JWT tokens, huh. not, not using them for authentication.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and it's it's not compatible with what Pyre expects. Okay. Because I think it, it doesn't provide some, some mapping or it provides okay. some... Uh, so are so you working on the
0: security modules? Are you writing a lot of new stuff or you just know?
1: Uh, n- not much, because I'm not really doing uh, development officially in, in Pyre. I'm, uh, most of my work is supporting customers. Okay. That's why I'm closely in touch with customers. When they need something, I talk to engineers how to how to do that. And sometimes uh, when I'm unexperienced uh, um, in that area of code because I'm also a developer, uh, I help the team to to get that done. But I always collaborate with with other people. I'm not uh, just doing my, uh, these security connectors myself. I just I was just adding some features there, but most of it uh, is developed by by the the development team. I I know that you had Patrick working on Pyra Cloud, so he's part of the development team. And he also did a lot of these connectors because they needed uh, these connectors in Pyra Cloud to to provide authentication with different providers.
0: Are you also working with uh, Pyra Cloud or...?
1: Uh, Not really.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm just following what's going on. Interesting project. Okay, Yes, it is. I was in
1: the beginning, even before it started, I was involved in in, uh, discussions in Intel. Discussions about Pyra Cloud started like three, four years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: L- l- almost, almost in the, like one or two years uh, after I was in in the company, and uh, I joined the company one year late after Pyra was launched in two thousand fourteen. Okay, two thousand fifteen. So I'm I'm almost since the beginning as as Pyra started, and very soon we were thinking about providing something in the clouds. It just wasn't clear how it should work, but I always envisioned a simple service where you just drop a WAR file, provide the necessary configuration, and it just runs, and it can be scaled automatically. So, so then we it, it took us quite a long time to find a good technology. <laughs> Kubernetes were not so widespread, and we didn't have a good knowledge about Kubernetes back then. So we started with uh, lots of different uh, cloud technologies. Mm-hmm. And some of them went nowhere <laughs> and then we we hired patrick and one other engineer to to dedicate full time on this and finally things uh changed and we have a product that is close to the launch
0: yeah and uh for the listeners uh, what it is you can you can upload a war to Payara, and Payara starts and stops or actually manages fully manages kubernetes cluster so you don't have to bother about kubernetes and uh the wars are are started on pyra micros and uh and they are managed by pyra cluster so the pyra cluster is actually a kubernetes cluster and uh you have also you can very easily add dns also uh, domain names and uh, you get uh monitoring so it is the serverless server i would say this is uh, how j2e Uh, was supposed to be Uh, the the idea is to make it
1: as as simple as to deploy uh, uh, aws lambda like you write uh, code and you deploy it. And maybe simpler. simpler <laughs> you have to build the code before. You
0: have to build the wire. So yeah, the but in Lambda the it is simpler because in Lambda uh, it's not enough, you know, to to uh, to build a code. In Lambda, you will have to build in enterprise environment a VPC. Then probably, if you would like to have a Jaxrs endpoint and API gateway, and you would use for them mm-hmm. Terraform or CDK, and then you can start with the uh, Lambda implementation. And uh, if you would like to access, let's say and DynamoDB and Amazon, so you have to include the SDK. So I would say, it is if you mm-hmm. know a little bit Java E, it is a lot simpler than Lambda. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and if you know both, I would say, create Lambda from scratch and ship it. It will take you probably uh, at least half an hour, if not two hours. And to ship a Pyra Cloud application, I would say five minutes. Because you only need a war. I mean, in the war, we yes, did it quickly. Yes. You know, the idea like. was, when you have a war, you're, you're basically done. Yeah, and you just build yeah. a project and, and
1: deploy it. And wait a couple of minutes until every, uh, all of the resources are ready. And uh, you have an application running on, on some domain. Mm-hmm. And a couple to, of uh, minutes, I would say,
0: is closer to one minute. Because I even did it on stage in one conference. And it was quite fast. So a small mm-hmm. war is... is... We, are, we are
1: improving it uh, all the time. We, we want to get it as... as as short as time as possible,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but uh, and compared to uh, how long it takes to create a Kubernetes cluster in Azure or a, uh, Amazon, uh, it's I think it's much shorter. Yeah, the problem with Kubernetes. Is,
0: a... The problem with Kubernetes deployment is what you have to do is to, to get you know the timing right because the health checks. So it's really no to um, if you mm. if you if you set the the period let's say ten seconds and your application the first time starts uh, after 11 seconds so you will have to start to wait you know 10 seconds again until the kubernetes say you are ready but mm-hmm. if you if you set it to one second and you have three retries and the application starts four seconds then it will never ready so it is just quite you know <laughs> an an experiment to do it right because uh, uh what happens was to me i um i deploy this was pyra applications which started uh, pyra full on my machine like three to five seconds i would say and uh, yeah, it could be right. Yeah, and on uh, on Kubernetes, uh, three minutes. And I said, this is Mission Impossible. I mean, what's going on? And you know, the the um how is it called the readiness probes were completely misconfigured, and it took a longer, you know, to download the Docker image. So this was what took so long. But everyone complained about you know Java is bloated or whatever. It's like, what's it he <laughs> talking about? It, it starts in five seconds or ten seconds on my machine. It was very quick. <laughs> and um the problem were the uh, readiness and uh, and uh, how how it's called uh, liveness readiness and liveness props. so readiness are oh. the uh, the readiness are the problem because uh, if kubernetes if readiness is not successful kubernetes won't route traffic to this service and it will wait and this is usually what causes the delays
2: mm.
1: and from my experience i, I used uh, elastic beanstalk which is also based uh-huh. on on docker and it's a simplistic setup. It's, it's more close, it's, it's quite close to Pyra Cloud, except it's a general for, for Docker. Yep. So you deploy Docker images and it does everything for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that took, when I redeployed the application, I had to redeploy or recreate the whole environment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So a, a simple deployment took two or three minutes. But while if, if it was just redeploying the war, it would be a couple of seconds.
0: Actually, Pyra Cloud but, should be faster because what I think, what you already have, you have the entire network established and all the ports are ready to use. If you de- redeploy uh, Elastic Beanstalk, what has to happen? It really depends whether it's publicly available or not. You will have to create the VPC, or, or not you. Beanstalk will have to create the VPC subnets and the uh, possibly even nets mm-hmm. and all the gateways. And for instance, the creation of a single net gateway can take a minute. So if you know if you're recreating uh, the entire network infrastructure of your cloud provider. It can. Uh, this alone can take two to three minutes. Just, you know, the Terraform script. Yeah. And if you have it in place with Pyra Cloud, and you have to, so there is a huge advantage. So the deployment should be a lot faster than anything else, you know, uh, which, which yes. involves infrastructure as code.
1: And we also have uh, improvements in how, how, how fast Pyra starts in the Docker container with the sharing mm-hmm. to, to pre-build uh, an image for for this clans that are sharing for the
0: JDK. Oh, is it is it uh, uh, to get advantage of this? Uh, will I have to use the uh, official Pyara docker image or is it a general improvement? Uh, it, I,
1: I'm not sure if it's in, in the official docker image. It's uh, I think it's in the docker image that is used in Pyara Cloud. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if we use it in, in our image uh certainly that we we needed to add uh some support in in Micro to generate uh or not generate uh, the jdk generates uh, uh all the meta files but uh, Micro has an option that it stops right after it boots uh-huh. so that it uh, generates or loads all the classes that are necessary for your application and then it stops uh-huh. so so you just ra- launch this and then relaunch uh, the process with the meta- metadata and the second and and, and, any other subsequent launch uses the metadata to to start faster. Uh Um, So that's some of the open optimizations that we already have there, but that's about, uh, that's when you restart the process, not, or or the Docker container Uh when you want, when you need to recreate the environment. Uh, Another option to to optimize uh, the startup is or redeployment time is I, I don't think we use it yet, but uh we can we can just redeploy the, the application without restarting by micro instances yep. uh-huh. so that's always possible and even though Pi micro doesn't really advocate for this or promote this, it doesn't have an easy to to way to do <laughs> to do this with fire server you can i uh, connect to the admin console and redeploy the application. Pyre Micro has that functionality and we actually use it in one of the Arculine connectors, uh-huh. which uh, the, the, the basic Arculine connector starts Pyre Micro for every test, uh-huh. is deploy, de- deploy the application and, and stops Pyre Micro. But uh, we have a connector that just deploys a, a simple application on Pyre Micro, which is called a Deployer,
2: uh-huh.
1: and it provides a REST API and works like the admin console via Server. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and using the internal API of FireMicro to redeploy applications. Deploy the applications using this REST API provided by the other application. And then you just redeploy the applications for every test and it's much
0: faster. Okay. So what else uh you find exciting with Payara? What is the your one of the recent favorite features of Pyara?
2: <laughs>
1: uh is still still FireMicro is my favorite thing in in, in <laughs> although uh most of our users i think and, and customers still use by server because they migrated from grassfish uh but I still thing it's it's a nice thing and it started long before there was how Quarkus or or even uh yeah. before Quarkus, there was this uh wildfire swarm or or yeah. uh, the other thorn that were similar, but they started to use the the hollow jar approach mm-hmm. after. It was already in Pyra uh, and after they found out about this with, from, from our micro profile in discussions. So they learned some things from, from Pyra Micro to also our competitors. And now some of their products uh, have some, some of these ideas that we introduced there,
2: mm-hmm. uh, uh,
1: the, the thing that we still miss is we, we can, Pyra can be compiled to native, native codes using RAL VM. So that's one thing I would like to have, and hopefully we'll we'll add it to, at least just to some uh, smaller distribution of Pyramicro. Uh, we'll see. I think it's planned, but not, not for this year, uh, certainly, and probably not for next year, because we are also working on Jakarta, supporting Jakarta E 10 when it, when it goes out. And uh, now we're adding support for Java, Java 17, get it as, as soon as possible, so modernizing everything to be be compatible with uh, all the most modern uh, uh, tools out there and then I'm looking forward to to this to working on, on some native support I think uh, the most likely way to get this is uh, when Jakarta uh, e creates a, uh, how's that called core profile
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which is which is plans to, to support things like that it's it was initiated by the Quarkus team mm-hmm. Uh, who support uh, native compilation and, and they want to be compatible with some Jakarta E profile.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that profile uses, uh, I think, all, all of the Jakarta E specifications used by MicroProfile, uh, except CDI, which uh, CDI should be should have some core profile itself. So yeah, there's it a uh, CDI Lite. C-
0: C- CDI Lite. Yeah, CDI 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 Lite. Lite. yeah yes. this is um, where the Micronode team yeah, is because, working. Because
1: Yeah, the Quark has had issues with some features of CDI, mostly, I think, the extension points, which are too dynamic for them, and they can't pre-compile everything. So, uh, yeah, the CDI team is now working on on separating the things that can be compiled natively from the other ones, and uh, only those cdi light features will be part of the core profile. And then we plan to implement core profile and add native support, uh, native compilation support.
0: It's actually great news. So, because um, so if you if you take a look at at the history, the recent history, it's like uh, the uh, Quarkus or Micronode and Quarkus, they got the idea to basically deploy at build time. So they run away with the idea, and uh, the Payara server couldn't do that because uh, it's too dynamic. But you get another great idea, the Payara Cloud, and what I like like about about both approaches. They are both absolute best practices, but they are opposite, right? So the, what, mm-hmm. what, what Quarkus is doing and what you are doing are complete opposite approaches. But now with Jakarta E Core, uh, Core Profile, uh, and uh, if it will work on, on, uh, on Pyara Micro, we will get another highly compatible Micro Profile in Jakarta EE runtime, which will be uh, similarly optimized to Quarkus. I mean it has to be, otherwise uh, the Crawl VM won't run. And uh it will will have similar behavior to Quarkus and maybe even Payara Cloud could benefit from that having you know even faster startup time startup times.
1: Yes, and also lower resource consumption. Yeah. Because yeah, well how I see it is with native compilation it's up to the user it's his responsibility to use this native compilation to reduce costs mm-hmm. if they run their own infrastructure and they build uh they pay for for it anyway there's maybe no reason to to build native uh images of their application but if they deploy the cloud or if they want to run on iot devices which have limited resources they they should that's one of the there's options to uh, to compile to, to native codes or native binaries, but then in, with Pyra cloud it's basically our job yeah. <laughs> because we are paying for the resources yeah we are just uh, uh, we are just uh, invoicing our customers for for some some usage of these of the resources, and that can be hard because otherwise we wouldn't have customers mm-hmm. and if you want to increase our margin our profits, we need to lower the resource consumption in our mm-hmm. sizes. That will be also interesting for us,
0: I, I think. Cool. So, Twitter, you pinged me that uh, maybe you are interested in some, you know, developers working for Payara, right? Yes, right. We're growing
1: our team because uh, we want to uh, also uh, expand on what we are doing with Payara Cloud. And we also needed to, in the past, we needed to uh, add some, some of our engineers to work on Payara Cloud. So, uh, we are re- shifting or re- restructuring our team and we also want to focus on our own Payara platform to add all those features I said.
0: Uh, which is exciting. So it is like, you know, hot Java tech now uh, combined with Payara and maybe all the cloud. So Asia and, in you know, in future, even AWS, right?
1: <laughs> yes, we're still quite small, but we're, we're trying to be big or act big. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a matter. Uh, mm-hmm. We're already doing that with Jakarta-E, where I think we're one of the major players mm-hmm. uh, and also MicroProfile, although uh, that's uh, where other companies excel more uh, and we try to be a cloud company and also… Um,
0: Why you say this? Because uh, no your MicroProfile implementation is pretty complete, right? And yes, it is. Yes, it and, is. and you we, are we... one of the few who actually implemented everything from scratch. Which is uh, you and Tommy, I that, think, right? That's true. All, all the others they are picking this more So I wouldn't, I would, that's I would, I would, I would and, say and the opposite. Me,
1: I think we we are much faster to implement new stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, it, so I would say I, I don't see that. I would say Payara and Tommy excels because they implement everything from scratch, and the others are contributing more to uh, the right. I mean, and we
1: we're not con we're not contributing so much or t- into the discussion of you know, ah, the, okay, uh, this I, is I see,
0: okay. Implementation-wise, uh, are it's, shining, but uh, you, it's not like yes, you're but, pushing but the but for that, towards. we
1: need more engineers to yeah. be more active uh, okay. in these projects. We only can afford to be active in Jakarta and Jakarta is huge. It has like 20 active specifications and some more specifications which need to be addressed, although they are not so active. We don't have even that many engineers, <laughs> yeah. so we can't have a different engineer for, for each specification. Well, the message and to business
0: is, uh, if you w- would like to have an interesting job, ping Andre, right?
1: Sure, sure. Let me know. We, we want to hire a, f- a few engineers uh, by the end of the year. And uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff to do in there.
0: Perfect. Where people can find you on the Internet and uh, apply to, for the job. And yeah, I'm, I'm on
1: uh, Twitter. Uh, uh, Andro o. My first name and uh, make his first three letters from my last name um, and you can certainly approach me there i follow twitter uh, a lot so i'll, I'll get the message the fastest way to use twitter on, on twitter i also have a link to my blog where i have other contacts which is onjo.ingenia.eu
0: okay i will put it to the um, show notes
1: but you can also ping uh, Pyra. It's Pyra Fish. I think Pyra underscore Fish yeah. is the Twitter of the company.
0: Okay, perfect. I will do that. I will put it in the show notes, and I would like to invite you back—not in three years, more than in one year—and talk about you know Jakarta e Core or whatever progress you made with uh, the new nat- cloud native Jakarta. Okay, e. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And also a nice you know modularization conversation, less controversial <laughs> than I thought, uh, because actually we don't disagree right i mean this is yeah more
1: or less yes uh, I, I just i think i thought that we disagree in, in that we or that uh, there are some use cases I, I think that there are still some use cases also for application developers yeah sure it's just it's just the tools are not up to the needs of developers they are not as simple to use for a for dev, regular
0: developer to use them and but well, we should also agree, you know, that Twitter is a terrible medium to discuss such things. Yeah? So on Twitter, it <laughs> yes. would be a flame war between us and if we talk to each other, not problem at all. And so, maybe
1: um, we just spend one hour
0: and we yeah. would exchange uh, just a few messages because it takes so much time to, to yeah. write on Twitter. So the podcast is uh, a huge time saver for me. This is, this is true. Yes. Okay. Thank you. See you next time.
2: Thank you. It was a pleasure to talk with you.